0: It's good to be with you today, and uh, I thought that was a very appropriate way um, to end prayer and, and just that calling to obey the word that we're going to hear today. And, um, and, and I'll just tell you, last night I was, I was going over this, I, you know, write these sermons and I was going over it and, and just kind of had a, a moment uh, of just worship where I actually started singing. The kids were all in bed. Everybody was in bed, and, and I started singing, and, and I'm not going to do that for you now. But, but I experienced God's presence, and, and talking about obeying the, the Word, um, you know, I've, I've been working on this sermon, and, and I think this is going to be a little bit challenging for us. And I can tell you that as I was experiencing um, this, this moment of worship with God, there was also this feeling of, okay, I know what I have to do now. <laughs> And, uh, and sometimes that, that can be a little bit uncomfortable or a little bit challenging, but I want you to know that, that God is calling us to be a people of action. And so it's great to be with you this morning. What we do here is so important. It's so great to come together as the church and worship together. Um, but, but I want us to get the action piece today because we can't hear God's word today and not walk away and put it into action, or we're making a big mistake. Um, So we're working on the Follow Me series, and and that's what we're really after, is this idea that Jesus paved the way, and we're looking at Jesus' teachings, and the the calling today is simple, to follow the example that Jesus led. And, And today, this is a very practical, maybe not easy, but a practical, simple thing for us to do, to follow Jesus. And so... So we, we need to live. We need to love like Jesus did. We need to see others as Jesus did. We need to give of ourselves as Jesus did. And, and I know that some of you may be sitting there thinking, well, that was Jesus. That was the Son of God. And, and these days are different. And, and the church is different. And Christianity is different. And, and it's just, it's not the same. But, but I believe that God is calling us to love like Jesus did. To walk every day and interact with other people as we see Jesus do. So I want to start today, um, and I want I'm to start by saying I think there's a lot at stake for the message that's going to be preached. I'm excited to preach to you this morning because I think this message is very important for the church. I don't want to be too overdramatic, but I personally think that this message, or this concept, is vital. To the church, if the church is going to continue to move forward and continue to grow, we have to put this into action. And so, not to oversell this message, I, I hope it's a, but God's word is important today, and I want you to hear it and I want you to put it into practice. So, I want to start with a question. Sorry about the microphone. Are we all about, are you all about restoration? Are we as a church, are you as a follower of Christ, all about restoring others to Jesus? Now, I'm just going to guess that that most of us would say, yeah, absolutely, I'm, I'm all about restoration. Yeah, that's what we're here for, to restore people. But I want us to really ask the question today, are we all about restoration? And I, I honestly believe that that's... That's where we're at. But sometimes I think our methods and sometimes I think our comfort in the church can get in the way of what we're all about. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at a story of Jesus today and we're going to see how Jesus went about restoring people and we are going to take that and put it into action. So so let me shift gears here for a second. You guys are you guys are gonna um, either be mad at me or like this. But how many of you? This is an important question. How many of you are a fan of donuts? Raise your hand. Okay, most of you. This <laughs> two hands. All right, that's good. Um, this may not th- this may not be a real popular opinion, but I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I give it or leave, take it or leave it. I, I don't. Donuts aren't my thing. But there is this one kind of donut. There's this one kind of donut that I really love. And so you guys are probably there with me, so we go on vacation down to Florida. There aren't a lot of these places around here, but we go on vacation down to Florida, and there's this, this restaurant called Krispy Kreme. Oh, yeah, there we go. Anyone hungry? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. We still got some time. I got a good hour and a half to go here, but, uh, but you'll get it eventually. But, but Krispy Kreme, how many of you have had Krispy Kreme before? Okay, how many of you know about Krispy Kreme? Everyone? Okay, so Krispy Kreme, this this donut company, they've got their stores and and their donuts are delicious and really healthy and good for you. And and um, and so, but but there's a certain time, there's a certain time at Krispy Kreme that's better than all the other times. When is that time? When the lights on, yes, yes, when you're driving by Krispy Kreme, it's tempting, right? But when you're driving by Krispy Kreme and that hot fresh light is on. Woo! That's good stuff. I'm going to be honest with you. I think we're all about restoration in the church, but I think sometimes we go about restoration with the model that Krispy Kreme goes about selling donuts. Now, stick with me here. I think sometimes we're all about restoration. We want to bring people to Jesus But the way that we think that happens is we come into our beautiful sanctuary and and we turn our light on that says, we've got Jesus, come on, here we are, We're, we're in our place and here's Jesus, come on, just come all you people that need Jesus, come on, we're here. And, and we have this idea, this mentality that, that if we can just get the right music and if we can just get the right preaching and if we, can just, if we can just do all the right things here and we can turn that light on that says, hot, fresh, Jesus, that all those people in the world are just going to come flocking to us. And listen... Listen, don't hear me wrong. Please do not hear me wrong. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with with gearing our music and our worship towards reaching others. That's not what I'm saying. I believe we should leverage every resource we have to reach people for Jesus. But sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking that we come into our beautiful sanctuary, and, and, and we do things right, and we put that sign on, and and all those people are just going to come flocking to us. Well, I'm not sure that's all there is to it. Like I said, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with trying to reach people through the resources we have. But I want you to see from Jesus today that there's something more that we are called to do. And, and I hope that you feel called to do this today. Um, so, so so let's look into Matthew chapter nine, verses nine through 13, and and I want us to understand, I want us to follow Jesus and what he does in this passage. This is huge. So let's read it to, or I'll read it to you, and you read along with me on the screen there. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me. Hey, that's convenient. That's the title of our series, right? Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and he followed him. Now, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said... It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Did you catch any of that? <laughs> Did you hear what happened there? So so this is a story that I think most of us have probably read or heard talked about before, and, and this is a story that's... That's a pretty popular biblical story. It's the calling of Matthew. And Matthew's actually the author, so he is writing about his own calling by Jesus. But but what happens here seems commonplace to us, but I want us to understand the importance and the power and what Jesus does here. So, So what do we see in this passage? First off, we see that Matthew is called to be a disciple of Jesus. And At first glance, because we live in the society we live in, and and we don't really look at tax collectors the same way they did in that society, we would read right through this and think, okay, cool, Jesus called a disciple, no big deal, move on. But that's important. The first thing that we see that Jesus calls Matthew a tax collector, he goes out of his way to say he comes to him in the tax collector booth and calls him to follow him. This is huge. This isn't just something we should gloss over. This is a big deal. And I think that the fact that Jesus called Matthew to be his disciple has major implications on the way we should live our lives this week. On the way that we love others this week. On the way that we see others this week. Jesus called the tax collector. See, the the big deal with it is this. Tax collectors in that day were known to be cheaters and thieves. They were known to be greedy. And these tax collectors were actually, they had the force of the government behind them, and they could come and they could take whatever they wanted, and the people were pretty helpless. And the people, and the religious people especially, looked at tax collectors as these horrible, horrible people. And so what we see is Jesus walks up to this guy, who would be despised by the religious people of that day and by the common people of that day. And what does he do? He invites him to be his disciple. What, what would this be like for us? Maybe, maybe for us we would think of like the high level executives that pocket a bunch of money while they're employees and, and or maybe you think back to the, the, um, the market collapsing and there were some people that just made tons of money and everyone else is struggling and hurting and that's kind of the way people looked at, at these tax collectors. They were, they were cheaters, they were thieves and Jesus, Jesus calls him. To be one of his disciples. One of his twelve disciples. This is a big deal. So let me make this statement. And I want you to hear this for what it is. If Jesus was calling tax collectors then, if Jesus was calling the despised, the thieves, the people that were looked at as terrible people then, I think that Jesus is calling the people that we look at as thieves, the people that we look at as cheaters, the people that we look at as, as terrible people, I believe that Jesus wants to call them to be his disciples. Do you see? Are you guys getting this? I'm excited about this. This is huge. Because guess what? If this didn't happen, none of us would be here because none of us would have been in on the plan if the plan was just for the religious people of that day, but Jesus calls everyone, including the despised, including the people that are lowly. I believe that today, Jesus wants to call the people that we walk past, and we may tend to or be tempted to look down on, or think that they're terrible people. I believe that those people are important to Jesus, and I believe that Jesus wants to call them to be his disciples. And so the people that you look at as cheaters, the people that you look at as messed up, could be the very people that God wants to use to do amazing things. That should change the way we walk out of here. That should change the way we see people at the store tomorrow. That should change the way we see people at work because all of a sudden that person at work isn't just a thief, isn't just you know, a, a, a cheater, isn't just a person that's despised, but that person is loved by God. And not only loved by God, that could be the person that God wants to use to bring about a new movement. We need to see people differently. Jesus saw Matthew not as a terrible tax collector. He saw him as a child of God, as a future disciple. And so let's just go back to follow me. The way we look at the people around us, the way we see others, should follow the way that Jesus saw others. And so the first thing you could take away from here today is that no matter what you see from others, they are children of God. And you never know what God wants to do through, in their lives and through their lives. Well, the next part of the story gets even better. So Jesus calls Matthew. That's pretty radical that Jesus would call a tax collector. I'm sure the disciples, I'm sure the religious people were sitting there thinking, that's, that's a bold strategy there, Jesus. I don't know about that one. But, but, it, but he goes on, and it, it's not just that he calls him, but then in verse 10 it says that he goes and he eats with him. Not only Matthew, but all his friends. So verse 10 says, While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. Can you imagine being a disciple of Jesus at this point? Like, you're going to add him to the team? And we're going to go to a party with a bunch of his friends? Think about that. Jesus goes to a party with a bunch of tax collectors, and the word used here is sinners, people that were, were, were terrible. They were, they were rough people. They were doing the wrong things. Now, once again, this would be easy for us to glance over, just to read past. Okay, Jesus had dinner with some guys. Big deal. This is huge. Actually, in Luke's account of the story, Um, Luke tells us that Matthew actually threw the party. So Jesus came and he called Matthew, and what Matthew's response was, was he was going to throw a party with all of his friends. I want us to think about that. I want us to think about that. This is a tax collector party. Have Have any of you ever been to a tax collector party? And by that I don't mean a literal tax collector party, but have any of you ever been to a party that was... That was a bunch of the people that maybe you were told you shouldn't be hanging around? Have any of you ever been to one of those parties with a bunch of people that, that you were thinking, what am I doing here? I don't belong here. But, but Matthew throws this, this party, and, and, and he invites all his friends and so I, I want us to take a second and I want us to look at the, the shift in thinking here because like I said, we tend to see people as messed up and broken. Jesus sees them as children of God and future disciples. Now I want to I wanna go back to kind of that mentality of the, the Krispy Kreme light. Sometimes we think like, hey, if those messed up people would just come on into the church, then we'll get them all fixed up. We'll make them like us. And then we can walk together, we can live life together, but that's not what Jesus did. Jesus didn't say, hey, Matthew, get it together, meet me over here, and and you can be a disciple. Jesus said, follow me, and then he went and had dinner with Matthew and a bunch of his dirty, messed up friends. Do you see the difference there? Do you see the difference between we're sitting in our holy place and we're waiting for you, the unholy person, to come in and get yourself right and then we can do the discipleship thing versus Jesus said, no, I'm coming to you, I'm loving you, and I'm calling you to follow me and I'll sit at your table and I'll party with your friends because I love you. Do you see the difference there? We are called to love people, not just when they come into our holy place, not to stand at a a distance and say, get yourself right, and then we'll love you, but to go and love people. And and so Jesus goes the extra step. And this is from one of the commentaries I read. It said, normally, no sinner was welcome at the table of a righteous man. So normally, in that day, you wouldn't even have someone that was unworthy to your table. Then it says, and no righteous man would ever, would ever consider eating at the table of a sinner. Do you see the difference here? It's not, just, it's not just, hey, I'm willing to let you come to my church. I'm willing to let you sit at my table if you get yourself right. It's, I'm willing to come to your table because I love you and I've got something for you. That's what Jesus did. He went to Matthew. He went to his friends. I remember when I was in, in high school, um, there was a kid at my school, and I knew that I should love this kid. I think I, I may have told you the story before. I'm sorry if I did. Um, I hate it when pastors repeat stories, but it's bound to happen, right? Um, but, but I was in high school, and there was this kid that I knew that the right thing to do was to, you know, to hang out with him and to love him and I'm not trying to say I was better than this kid cuz I think what I'm admitting to you is that I was not but I would walk through the hallways every day and and he was hanging out with his crew and and I was a basketball player and I hung out with my crew and we would walk past them and there they were every day and and I was I thought I was pretty cool and and so I would walk by him and I'd be like hey man you know he's not following me is he no hey man and And occasionally, I would really feel the leading to to reach out. And so I'd say, hey, man, you want to come over and hang out at my house later? You know what I was never bold enough to do? I was never bold enough to go sit down with he and his friends. I was never bold enough to do that. You know why? I was worried about how it would look. I was worried about what people would think of me. I wasn't willing to go sit with him in his place and love him where he was. I, was. I was too good for that. So it was, hey, man, I'll talk to you later when you're not around your friends. I wasn't living this out. I wasn't following Jesus because Jesus went to the house of Matthew. He went to the party of the sinners and tax collectors, and he loved them right where they were. This is huge. And, and, and listen to the result. Jesus went to Matthew's house. It says there was a party. And Luke tells us that Matthew threw the party. Think about why Matthew was throwing a party. Why was Matthew throwing a party? Tell someone around you. Come on, wake up. Why was Matthew throwing a party? Come on, let's go. What was the point of this party? Do you think that this party was a, hey, forget you guys, I'm out of here. Do you think this party was a retirement party? I want you guys to just love me for the years of service, but I got something else to do now. Do you think that's what this was? No. This party was about Jesus. This party was about the fact that Matthew found a better thing. And so it wasn't, hey, I'm going to gather all of you together to say, forget you guys. It was, I'm going to gather you guys together because you got to see what's happening here. This rabbi, this Jesus loves me. Poor old, dirty, terrible, cheating, stealing me. Jesus has called me to be his disciple. Come on, come see it, come meet this guy. What if we were so willing to go sit down and and love people right where they were? Don't you think that that's something that people would see? And they would want to bring other people into. See, when we're back in our Krispy Kreme building with the light on saying, come to us, that's not something, that's not something that people are thinking, man, I need to invite my friends to, to go be like those people. But man, Jesus came to Matthew and he loved him. And he was willing to sit at his table no matter what other people thought. And what was the result? There was a great party. And a lot of people came to meet Jesus, this is huge. This is is a paradigm shift for us. We've got to quit sitting back, and we've got to go, and we've got to love people, and we've got to invite people to follow Jesus with us. See, Jesus' Jesus' desire to restore Matthew was so strong that he went out of his way to share a meal and a party With Matthew? When was the last time that you went to a tax collector party? When was the last time that that you went out of your way to show someone that you loved them, even though it might cost you your reputation, even though it might cost you your comfort? When was the last time? Jesus says, follow me. Follow me. See, we aren't called just to sit up in our holy church, with the light on, with great music, with mediocre preaching, with great handshakes and hugs, loving people. Man, you guys guys didn't even laugh at that. Come on. Um, And we're not called to just sit up here and put the light on and say, come on. We are called to go and to be Jesus to the people around us, even the people around us that seem less than desirable, the people around us that we would think would be a problem. See, our desire to see others restored should lead us to love and pursue them where they are. So if the church has gotten to this place, and listen, this is a wonderful church, and you guys are wonderful people, and I'm not trying to step on anyone today, but if we as the church get to the place that we do our thing and hope that people will come in, that's not the way restoration happens. It happens when we come in and we're filled with the Spirit and we go and we love people and we invite people and we bring them with us. And so we are called to love people and to pursue people where they are. I'm convinced that, that sometimes we get this wrong, but Jesus is teaching us today that we need to go and we need to love. And, and this didn't sit well with the religious elites, with the Pharisees, with the religious people. It bothered them because this wasn't the rules. The rules were you don't, you don't go towards those people. You don't sit with those people. You steer clear of them. It says in verse 12, on hearing this, Jesus, it says in verse 11 that, that the Pharisee says, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? In other words, the Pharisees are saying, That's your teacher there. And look at who he's associating with. Why does your teacher, do you hear the, like, I believe there was some sarcasm here and some, 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 some hate here in their speech. Why does that guy that you call a leader hang out with those people that are despised? And, and it says in verse 12, on hearing this, Jesus said, now, listen to this, they go to the disciples, they say, why does your teacher do this? And Jesus hears him. And Jesus responds. I love, I love the way Jesus responds to people. He's not letting it go by like, yeah, just stir the dissension over here with the disciples. He steps in and he says this. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come, not come to call the righteous, but sinners." And so I want us to once again look at the paradigm difference here. The Pharisees looked at the people here, the people that were less than desirable, the the sinners, the tax collectors, they looked at them as a risk to their faith. I can't go sit with them. I can't go relate with them because if I relate with them, it's going to pull me away from my holiness. It's going to make me less of a Krispy Kreme. And so... They looked at these people as a problem. They looked at these people as as a risk to their faith. How did Jesus look at these people? He looked at them as the mission, not the problem. See, the people around us in our community, I've got big news for you today. The people that are working against God and working against the church, the people that, that are the worst of the worst, they're not the problem. They're the mission. They're who Jesus came here for. And and so Jesus says, I don't care what it looks like. See, they're no threat to Jesus' ministry because they are Jesus' ministry. If we can get this down, oh man, it'll change the way we do things. It'll change the way we treat others. It'll change the way that, that the church operates because we will see the mission being restoration and not just building the perfect church with a hot fresh sign that calls those unworthy people to us. See, Jesus' primary mission was to redeem those who were sick. That's amazing stuff. And so we've got to stop seeing people as the problem and start seeing people as the mission. And Jesus, in response to their question, says, this is what I'm all about. I came to restore people. And in order to restore people, I've got to go to people. And and then Jesus does something else that I think is pretty awesome. Jesus says, go and learn what this scripture means. Go and learn what this means. It says, um, he, he says, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. The cool part of this is that Jesus is quoting the Pharisees' scripture that they know so well these are the religious people. They know the scriptures. And that's from Hosea 6, chapter 6, verse 6. Jesus is quoting that and he says, hey, you uh, great religious people, you, you put together well people, you holy guys, why don't you go learn learn what your scriptures that you quote, that you follow, why don't you go learn what they actually mean? Jesus was amazing. And in and, and that chapter 6, verse 6 in Hosea, what that's all about is that the people at that time were religious, they did the rituals, they brought their sacrifices, but they weren't living a life of love. Their faith, their love was dead. And it was all about ritual. And Jesus is saying, you Pharisees, you don't get it. The ritual is to support the mission, Don't get it backwards. And so there's this major mindset shift that Jesus is trying to get to us here. And what it really boils down to is those people, those undesirable people, were what Jesus was all about. And I said it earlier, I'll say it again. We would all find ourselves compared to Jesus in this group right here. And thank God that Jesus loved us enough that He's not worried about His reputation and He's not worried about what people are going to think and he's, He's not worried about us risking His holiness, but He comes and He sits with us and He wants to live in us and He wants to make us holy. And so, Jesus' mission was to bring restoration. We should invite others to Christ we should, we should definitely build the church in a way that's going to reach out to others and bring restoration, but we've got to go, and we've got to love people, and we've got to treat people the way that Jesus did. There's nothing wrong with, with the worship music. There's nothing wrong with the way that we do things here in the church. There, there's, there's nothing wrong with doing everything we can to be a light to people that are hurting. But if that's all we're doing, we're missing it. We've got to go. We've got to restore. We've got to love. We've got to heal others. And so, if Jesus' primary mission was to restore others, guess what our primary mission needs to be? It should be be to restore those who are sick. The band's going to come up now, and we're going to wrap this up but but how do we follow Jesus follow me how do we follow Jesus and go and love how do we put ourselves in position that we can bring restoration to others what can we do do we do we put the hot sign on the hot fresh sign do we build the church do we do it yes we do we should we should do everything we can To make this place a desirable place that that shows God's love that will attract others. That we absolutely should. Should we come here every week and invest in worship and prayer and building relationship with each other? Is that all worthless? No, we should do that. We should come and we should grow. And we should become more like Christ ourselves. But as we see from Jesus, we can't just come and build, and wait. But we have to go. And so how do we bring restoration? If we're all about restoration, how do we bring restoration? We go, and we love those outside the walls of this building. We go, and we love, and we bring restoration. I told you, I think this is vital to the church. If we don't get this right, if we don't learn to love people where they are, if we don't learn to see people as as children of God, if we don't see people as the mission, if we don't understand that we are called to build the kingdom by going and loving, it's not going to work. Maybe, maybe people will come to church. Maybe. But if we want restoration, we need to follow Jesus. And so that may mean that you're going to be in some uncomfortable situations. That may mean that, that you're asked to eat in some strange places. That may mean that you're asked to put yourself in some positions that are less than desirable, but you know what that definitely means? It means that you've got to love the people around you, the people not just in here, but all around Westchester, Mason, Liberty Township, all over the world. We are called to go and love, and so I'm going to ask you again, are we all about restoration? And are we willing to follow Jesus and to go out of our comfort zone, out of our church, out of our holy place, and to show them the love of Jesus where they are? Father, I know what you need me to do. I've heard your voice. I know what I need to do and where I need to go and, and, and maybe, maybe we all don't know that right now but Lord I pray that our relationship with you I pray that as we, as we grow towards you that you would push us towards others I pray that you will help us to see others as children of God and see that, that they were your mission and so Lord we come here and we're thankful for the opportunity to grow in our faith and, and worship together and pray together but Lord this isn't it And so I pray that you would give us clear calling to go and to love. I pray that you would take us to places this week that we could show the love of Jesus to others. I pray that you would call us to be all about the restoration of the people around us. And so Lord, fill us, send us, use us. Amen.